So, a little bit about myself, who's David Mason. I'm from a small town in the west of Germany. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I'm a certified business and executive coach by the Irish Life Coach Institute. I've helped clients from, that's not up to date anymore, 26 different countries to get a better dating life and find the right one. I'm also a karate brown belt. Yeah, so, but it wasn't always like this. Uh, basically, the old me, unhappily married, psychologically dependent on a bad relationship. In essence, what happened was, Look, my father, a doctor in Germany, my mother, a nurse, very loving, very intelligent parents, but they had a really bad marriage. Science is very clear. The number one predictor for human happiness is relationships, the quality of relationships. Not to say that other aspects don't matter, but that is by far the number one. And the other one is being trapped in a relationship with a person who's not right for you can drive you down into the deepest depths of hell. Because I, I was like the typical nice guy, German, logical overthinker. And up until I was 13, I hated girls. Then I tried to overcompensate by being really, really, really nice, by being too nice. And eventually, I realized well, I'm really bad at talking to girls. Now, look, I was, it's funny. I was interviewed by Dubai Radio like six months ago. And I had a conversation with a lady. And I said to her, I was like, men usually think they're good at two things. Men usually think they're good at fighting and they're good at talking to women. I can tell you that. I've trained karate six days a week for six years plus judo. I'm not a professional fighter, but most men cannot fight for the shit of it. Most men think they can. They really can't. Most men think they're good at talking to women. They're not. They're really not. But it's not even their fault. It's not even your fault. It's not my fault. It's just a skill set that we haven't been taught. It's a skill set that nobody taught us. It's communication. And we sometimes think, oh, I'm good at communicating in my job. I'm good at communicating in general in social uh, interactions with people. But it's not the same thing. Communication with women is very, very different. So <laughs> I told the story where when I was, I don't know, many, many years ago before I got into this, I was in a nightclub in Berlin with a friend of mine. And we're out. Basically, he's dancing with a girl. And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, ah, oh, this motherfucker is doing better than me. Now, I didn't realize that this girl was actually a prostitute. At the end of the night, a Russian dude rolls over and says, yes, you can have her number. And we're like, oh, wow, bro, you can keep those STDs to yourself. But in that moment, I didn't realize it. I was like, okay, he's doing better than me. He's got a girl and I don't. So I saw a girl that I wanted to go and speak to. You know that when you're in a nightclub and you're like with a drink and you want to go say hi to somebody, but you really can't or you have to get a couple of drinks. Maybe you do one really half-assed approach. And so it took me an hour and two gluten-free ginger beers to finally be able to walk over to the girl and say hi. Now, that was in Germany in a German nightclub, right? People in Germany speak German. So I walk over to her and I'm like, I ask her in English, excuse me, where are the toilets? And she looks at me like, who here has ever gotten a look from a girl like that? Anybody ever gotten a look? No, never, never. Okay, no worries. Just me, just me. Um, it's okay, no worries. So yeah, that's what happened, right? And you know the sensation of embarrassment and shame when so much blood is rushing into your head that you can like, oh, I want to fucking die. I want to go right into the ground. Yeah, I think everybody's staring at me. You know that pressure? Yeah, so I just walked away, hid in the toilet for a few minutes to calm down. So it was really bad. That was about the extent of my skills with girls. So it was really bad, right? And I'm, t- I'm not telling you that to get compassion, but because it's a very common story that a lot of men can relate to. So... Basically, what I do is I start focusing on what I was good at, which was karate, training martial arts. Because, you know, there's something called positive feedback loops. We tend to focus on what we're good at. For a lot of men, that's their career, right? If I'm getting positive feedback either from my manager or my coworkers or the results I'm producing in a workplace in the sense of career progression, if I'm making a lot of progress there, then I tend to stick with that. We don't tend to really venture out into what makes us uncomfortable unless somebody... Gives us a virtual slap in the face and tells you, hey, you suck. Your life is going to suck hard if you don't figure this out. Because we always want to do the least amount of work. We're always trying to save time and energy. 
That's what I did. So I was trying to save time and energy by focusing on what I was good at. So eventually, I fly to Ireland with my karate instructor for something called European Camp Karate Camp, where people from 40 different countries, 30 different countries, come together, you beat the fuck out of each other during the day, and you get pissed at night at a pub in the middle of Ireland, County Carlo, which was very hilarious. It was fun. And so we were all there. I'm not drinking alcohol at the time, but I see the guy that I was training with the day before talking to the girl. So I'm like, oh, go walk over to him and say, hi. Hey, Pat, what's going on? That's my approach, right? Talking to the guy. That's how I can get into a conversation with the girls. We start a conversation. And then one of the girls is really into me. She's like, starts talking to me a lot. Like, she's really in. I was actually, <laughs> this is really fucked up. I was actually more interested in the other one. The other one was a little prettier, but she was like so into me. And I was so deprived of female attention that I was like, wow, female attention, amazing. Give me that, okay? So she started basically hitting on me. I had no idea of social dynamics. I had no idea of attraction building principles. I was just super hyped because that was one of the happiest weekends of my life because I met my karate heroes at that time. Those were people that I looked up to for my life. For like six years, I looked up to them before I even ever met them in person. So I was hyped, so my energy was high. And that's an important thing. If you're in the right state, if your energy is right, you're automatically doing a lot of things right. Now, you can have high energy and still fuck shit up, as you're about to see, but it does help with attraction. So, started a conversation with her. We spent a couple hours that night. We didn't have sex. We just made out. And I immediately jumped into a long-distance relationship with her for a year, moved to Ireland, spent a couple of years, and get married. And some people were like, are you sure that's a good idea? You know? Because, like, it wasn't a great relationship. It wasn't really good. There was a lot of incompatibilities regarding our values, our personalities, and our general outlook on life. I tell this one story. This is going to sound fucked up for some of you, and some of, them, some of you are going to be able to relate. So we're married. We're walking through Dublin. There's not, that many, there's not that many sunny days here in Dublin, right? So it's a Sunday. We leave the apartment. We're about to go for a walk. And she says, David, you should put on some sun protection. I was like, I know I'm white and ginger. I know I burn easily. Give me a few minutes. I haven't seen the sun in three weeks. I want a little bit of vitamin D. Okay. She goes, well, I think you should put it on right now. I'm like, yeah, give me maybe 20, 30 minutes. That's about what I can take. No, no, you should put it on right now. I said, oh, shit. Oh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Thank you. She didn't speak to me for three hours because I didn't take her advice. Her advice, right? That's toxic shit. Not to say that she was a toxic person. We're all toxic at times, right? It's very easy to point fingers like, that motherfucker is toxic. But we all have these traits at times. It's just about looking at which person they manifest in a larger proportion of the time. So it was a bad relationship. And some people are like, well, why did you even marry her? Well, before we got engaged, or when we got engaged, I was at a holiday in Germany visiting my uncle. And I woke up in the middle of the night, sweat, my heart pounding, with like a random thought of fear, with like fear in my chest saying, I'll never find someone like her. Like, I can't lose her. Who here has ever felt that in relation to a woman? I can never lose her. Has anybody ever had that thought? Yeah. And that fear is actually not real. Right? Like this, Tony Robbins says, he's one of the biggest personal development coaches in the whole world. He says, it's his job to help people destroy the illusion of loss. Because it's an illusion. Like we think that our happiness depends on that one person. And the reason I was so psychologically attached to her, which made me marry her, was purely because she was meeting my need for love and connection. She was one of the sole sources in my life for love and connection. So we all have basic human needs. You all know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's Tony Robbins' model, it's various different models. But love and connection is one of the most important needs we have. And we either meet that need through many different high-quality male friends, perhaps a dog, family members, a woman, right? Or what a lot of men do when we get into a relationship, we isolate ourselves a little bit. We only start spending time with that one person. And then what happens, this goes really deep, when there's a conflict, we're not ourselves, we're not able to enforce boundaries because we are dependent on that person for our psychological well-being, at least within that model that we're in, from that frame that we're coming from. So I suffered a lot 
Like the, really, the only reason I married her is because I was afraid to lose her. And because I've, I know that I've walked around being a ginger all my life, right? You can imagine the bullying that comes along with that, right? It's like the most, when I run ads, right? Some of you may have seen that. When I run ads, the most hateful comment is simply, but you're a ginger. But you're a ginger. My favorite comment was somebody commented and said, what has the world come to that we need to take dating advice from a ginger? And I was like, ow, I've gotten it so long, you know? But at some point, that starts impacting the way you see the world, you know? And so I never believed that I could do anything. And because it's easy to bullshit yourself to an extent, but there's a part in you that knows. There's a part in you that knows that you don't have that skill set yet. It's just a skill set, but a part of you knows. I know that I didn't have the ability to walk out right there, get a number, schedule a date from that. I didn't have that. So I was so locked in on her. And it was a really difficult time. So what basically happened then, let's see what's next. Oh, yeah, I never thought that I'd be able to find an attractive girlfriend who's right for me, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then I was, so I believe, look, life gives you second chances. God, Allah, whatever your religious beliefs are, if you're not religious, just call it life. Gives you second chances and gives you opportunities. I was working for a big tech company called Salesforce at the time. And it's a, it's a big office. But one guy started working there right at the exact same time as me. He ended up sitting next to me. And we went out for just a team night out, like in a pub here in Ireland, right? Pub super full and there's a 10 people, 10 person team. And he just goes and approaches a random girl, two random girls. He walks over and approaches them. He goes over, gets a number, comes back. And I'm like, what? Because who here has ever wanted to approach a girl and there's like this invisible wall? You know, like you want, <laughs> you want to go and say hi, but there's this approach anxiety, as we call it. We're like, oh, what are people going to think of me? What is she not going to like? What if she doesn't like what I have to say? What if I sound stupid? What if I run out of things to say? You know, like all this kind of shit. Uh, what if fucking the other men are going to beat me up? Whatever the case may be, right? All these fearful thoughts. But he just walked right through this invisible wall, introduced himself, made them laugh. You know how crazy it is if you don't have the skills to walk over to a girl that you haven't met and they're cracking up and they're laughing like crazy, get a number and then keep... That's impressive shit. We sometimes forget how unusual... I sometimes forget how unusual that is. He's like, yeah, it's normal. No, it's not... Right? So he comes there. But at that point in time, I was like, wow, this is very, it's a very unique skill set. So immediately it was like, this guy has to become a good friend of mine, has to become my mentor. And so, yeah, I basically said, let's go out. So I started going out with him. Eventually, by the way, I ended the marriage because I suffered so much. And it was one of the, hard, one of the, hard, one of the hardest things I ever did. Because like first, if you want to end a relationship in the beginning, it's like, I don't want to lose that person. Then I went to, I can't hurt her. It's not like I think it would break her if I end the relationship. That was absolutely my conviction at the point in time. And then over a period of like three months, every single day talking about it with family members, close friends, like coaches, right? Then I was finally able to make that step. The conversation came up and we ended it. And the next day I felt the freest I'd felt in years. So, and when I tell you I suffered in that relationship, I suffered a lot. Like the emotional suffering was huge. Right? A lot of emotional pain. And I couldn't even explain it to myself. Right? A lot of people, they're, when they're walking, have you ever seen like, and some of you have been there, right? You're in a relationship and you're just going about life and you find yourself being passive aggressive and angry, maybe at your partner, maybe at people in general, maybe in the martial arts session, you're training a little harder than usual. Right? A lot of that can be stored up resentment. Those are basically unmet needs. Gunther Schmidt is one of the most popular psychologists, or rather one of the most highly regarded psychologists in Germany, and he calls it unmet needs. We all have psychological needs, and if they're not being met, that manifests in resentment. So I end that marriage, and then I start going out with him, and that basically changed everything for me. Um, in the beginning, I was a complete idiot, couldn't do anything, like standing there in nightclubs, couldn't approach. He was like, if you don't approach, we leave, then we left, and he was angry at me. You know, and then we went back the next day and did it again. 
So after around a month of doing that, I'm, and I'm still socially retarded at that point, by the way, I'm talking to a Spanish girl in a nightclub here in Dublin. And after around 15 minutes, she asks me, so are you going to kiss me or what? And I was like, oh, okay, nice. So we start making out. So oh, this is amazing, right? And I'm like, you know, we have the, uh, the, the river Liffey here, right? That night, I walk home along the river, listening to Imagine Dragons, and I have a fucking firework in my head. Because I got her number, right? We scheduled a date. It's like in my chest. I was like, this is the greatest shit ever. I walked up to a girl that I didn't know. I went and said hi. She didn't look at me. She wasn't aware of my existence. And she doesn't have to be. I just walked over, introduced myself. We made out, and I went home. But it was a really magnificent moment because then I realized, wow, I can actually change something. I think there's two areas in our life as men that we really give a fuck about. Two areas that need to be conquered. One is business, one is relationships. And I think whenever we make progress, either in business or career or women, some part in your brain goes, yes, motherfucker, you're doing something right. You're on a good path. Because there's something deeply biological, I have no idea. I'm not a biologist, I'm not a neuroscientist. But my bro science understanding tells me that. And it's very true. You've all realized that whenever you're making progress in your career or your business, it's exhilarating. Tony Robbins says, progress equals happiness. If you want to know what it takes to be happy, it's progress. And you've realized that. You set yourself a goal. And you actually don't even have to have achieved the final goal, the final outcome. Simply making progress towards the goal exhilarates you and makes you perfectly happy. Because funny enough, once you get to the goal, you'll be super excited for a couple of weeks and months. And then there's a plateau. And then you're like, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? Because progress is one of the other psychological needs we have. It's very important. It doesn't just, we're not happy by ourselves. We always have to make progress. That's inherent in our human nature. So I start going out and basically commit myself to a journey of learning. I've traveled all around the world. met people like Elliot Hulse, Jack Kornfield, Beth Yates, Adrian Mitchell, people in all kinds of, no, it's zero. People in all kinds of fields of personal development and neuroscience and psychologists and psychotherapists, people from all walks of life that had something to say on the subject matter of dating. I got a shit ton of experience myself, like a ridiculous amount with amazingly beautiful women from all around the world, got rejected more often than you ever jerked off, probably, like sincerely, right? a shit ton. So it's not just, so there's a combination of theory, learning from experts in all the areas of personal development, dating and relationships, as well as doing it yourself. And yeah, people like, who here knows Elliot Hulse? Yeah, you know Elliot, yeah? Fucking legend. I met him in Amsterdam, man. We, did an, we went to a bioenergetic boot camp. Basically, it's just, you can imagine it kind of like that. Nine hours, half naked dudes, 100 of them, and one girl just like dancing around, doing like shamanic, drug-free rituals. Pretty epic. So traveled all around the world, learned from a lot of different people because I committed to myself, committed myself to that because I have a bit of an obsessive personality. If I like something, I want to learn all about it, right? So that eventually led me to teaching online seminars and in person. And now we've basically helped men from 26 different countries all around the world get a better girlfriend, life partner, figure this whole dating thing out. And one thing that's important for me about this whole thing is most men get their dating and relationship advice, either from the mainstream that tells them, just be yourself. Just be a good listener. Just be nice and she'll love you. Which is evidently necessary, but not sufficient. And then there's these weird, weird pickup artists out there who are telling you to manipulate, lie, and deceit. Right? Basically, just tell her, okay, I'll never talk bad about people by name, but there's some people who'll tell you, just tell her you're a DJ. She's from Spain. Tell her you lived in Spain and she'll like you for it. If you have to lie to a girl to get her to like you, you haven't understood the game. Raw honesty 
Isn't it true, Mike? Raw honesty, how much attraction can that build? Isn't it crazy? Like, you don't expect that. You think, oh, I have to be this sleazy salesman to get her to me. No, raw honesty is a lot more. Raw honesty, unapologetic honesty, is one of the most powerful principles when it comes to building attraction that you could ever imagine, right? So I wanted to find an approach that's absolutely genuine, authentic, where you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. You don't have to be a fucking pickup artist. But it's also not this mainstream bullshit of just be yourself. So it's kind of like something in the middle, right? And if you pull from, I don't want to say both sides, but if you learn the raw, honest attraction tools, as well as combine it with honesty, you get something really beautiful because you can be yourself and you can have a really strong frame, you can meet amazing women, and you can completely transform all areas of your life. I've worked with clients who, are, who own like several businesses in the United States. And this one guy told me he made major changes in his business. He fired a couple of managers, hired a couple of new ones. Because if you change your communication, your dating and relationship life, that has an impact on all other areas. Now, the interesting thing is we think, oh, I'm good at communicating with people in business. I'm good at communicating with my manager. So I must be good at talking to women. No, it only goes from one way to the other. You can be very, very good in your career. You can be absolutely successful. You can be making bank and still suck at this because context dictates communication. Communication is context dependent. And when you master that, life gets really fucking good.